Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. State Championship Week is here for high school football. Seven state champions to be crowned Thursday and Friday at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison. Before we get to that, though, we did have a football champion crowned Saturday for the first time in two years. The eight-player state championship was held Saturday afternoon at Wisconsin Rapids High School. Newman Catholic defeated Luck 49-6. Unfortunate uh, situation for Luck, their top player, all-state player, and in fact, uh, eight-player player of the year, Wyatt Jensen, Injured, uh, suffered a, a, a leg injury uh, and battled through a leg injury in the state semifinal, put up some big yards, but afterwards um, a, a leg injury did not allow him to continue. He was on crutches in the sideline for the state championship game. Certainly would have been a much closer game. I think Luck would have gotten uh, you know on the board a few more times. Likely Newman Catholic wins based on how things went, but Jensen's uh, ability... And his presence in the game, if he would have been able to play, would have made that outcome certainly closer, if not competitive. But as it was, the Newman Catholic Cardinals claimed the first football state championship in the state of Wisconsin in roughly two years, as we did not have champions last year. But that brings us to a big week in high school football, 11-player state championships at Camp Randall. Today on the WSN Podcast, we're going to take a look at each of those games, going to take a look at some of the things to know for this weekend, especially if you are going to Camp Randall, if you are one of the likely 25 to 30,000 people that will be in attendance on Thursday and or Friday, um, all kinds of information you're going to want to be aware of as you head down to Madison. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about the um, uh, awards that came out this week. The Wisconsin Football Coaches Association produced their All-State Team and Player of the Year awards. As you have seen on WSN today, we are announcing our Senior Football Award winners as well. So we'll touch base on those a little bit and uh, kind of use this opportunity to to celebrate high school football the last week of the season. It's going to be another, what, eight or nine long months before we get back to any football action after today, after this week anyway. We do want to remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving, every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. So, let's start with a look at um, kind of a, an FAQ. We, we Every year we do a uh, a frequently asked questions or frequently addressed topics type of article on the uh, you know the state football championships, what to expect, um, whether you're going to the games or whether you're trying to find information about the games. So first of all, let's run down a schedule for Thursday and Friday. All games at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison. Starts on Thursday, uh, 10 a.m., Division 7. Reedsville will take on Coleman. 1 p.m., it will be Colby and St. Mary Springs in the Division 6 state title game. 4 p.m., Aquinas and Mayville for the D5 title. The only true night game of the uh, the two days is Thursday night, Division 4. Undefeated Ellsworth, undefeated Catholic Memorial going at it for the D4 crown. Then we head home. 
head to the hotel, wherever you're going, and action begins again Friday morning, 10 a.m., Division 3, Rice Lake versus Pewaukee. Division 2 starts at 1 o'clock. It will be Wanakee versus Homestead. And capping things off, a marquee game, uh, I think you could argue the, uh, the most anticipated game of the state championships in Division 1, Franklin, the undefeated Sabres, quarterback Miles Burkett, a Badger quarterback recruit, going against Sun Prairie, local school, looking to get uh, their first state championship after a number of tries in the last few years, and as we'll talk about a little bit more, a little bit of a last dance situation for the, the Sun Prairie team, school, program. So that's the schedule of action. Let's uh, talk a little bit about if you can't go to the games, how you can follow the games. You can follow all of the games on TV. Now, this year it's going to be a little bit tougher because the state championship rights belong to what is now Bally Sports Wisconsin, used to be Fox Sports Wisconsin, uh, the rights for those games. Um, But if you're one of the millions of people around the country that have cut the cord on traditional cable and uh, rely on uh, an alternative form, then you're going to have a hard time finding and getting to watch these games, unfortunately. Hulu Live does not carry Bally Sports. Um, the uh, uh, YouTube TV does not carry Bally Sports. I, I don't believe... in. I don't have Dish. I haven't, I've never had Dish, in fact. But I, I think at least Dish Network maybe doesn't have Bally Sports. I, I'm not 100% sure on TV. Long story short, though, if you're... TV provider, whatever that may be, streaming, traditional cable, satellite, whatever, if they don't have Bally Sports, you're going to have a hard time watching the games. Uh, they are available on the Bally Sports Wisconsin app, or, or the Bally Sports app, anyways, um, but you do have to have authentication from your cable cable provider. So essentially, if you don't get the, the games on your cable provider, you're not going to be able to watch them on the Bally Sports app, unless you have a different authentication or a different um, access to um, a a login and password that does have that access. I'll I'll leave it at that for right now. But uh, again, long story short, all the games on Bally Sports Wisconsin shown live, and hopefully you can find a way to watch those games. All the games will be on radio of some kind as well. Uh, Our partners at the Big 1070 in Madison traditionally had broadcast all of the games, but will not be good doing games on Thursday this year, actually, just doing games on Friday. There are other radio stations around the state, uh, especially, of course, the local radio stations that will carry the games in some capacity. Uh, We'll have them available perhaps on on their streaming app or a, a streaming solution of some kind if you're stuck in in a office and and can't watch it on TV, uh, you might be able to find a way to uh, listen to it on the radio. The WIA will have their live stats up as well if you want to follow along there. And I always recommend whatever avenue you're using to watch the games, use uh, you know use us as a second screen if you will. Follow along, especially on Twitter. I'll be providing updates uh, throughout the championships because there are so many ways to follow the games. We're not going to get into a ton of, you know, obviously play-by-play, which is, is not allowed by the WIA in the, in the contracts that they have anyway. But, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of kind of what's going on with the games, what we notice, things that, you know, stand out, um, what's going on at Camp Randall, what the size of the crowds are like, what, you know, 
the atmosphere is like, what the food in the press box is like, if they've got the, uh, the, the wonderful hot dogs up there. Um, so you can follow along on Twitter, and, and you'll want to take a peek and you know, be involved in that conversation as well. So, uh, and also, by the way, if you're, if you're wondering about um, anything about the high school football state championships, Wisports.net is your home, as you know. Whether you're looking for the schedule, whether you're looking for uh, parking information, whatever it might be, we've got you covered. And, of course, you can find information on all the teams. If you want to find their roster, their schedule, their season stats, um, our breakdown, my predictions of who will win, which I'll get into a little bit later, you can find all that on Wisports.net. It's your number one source for the best coverage in the state of Wisconsin, as you, uh, I'm guessing, are aware, because you're listening to our podcast. You can follow me at TravisWSN and get, uh, and get updates again as we, um, as we watch and, and take in the games Thursday and Friday. Now, if you are going to Camp Randall for some or perhaps all of the games this week, there's some things that you'll want to keep in mind. First of all, there are COVID policies still in place uh, for the state championship games at Camp Randall Stadium. Uh, the, uh, the University of Wisconsin does have a mask policy in place where masks, masks are required in any indoor areas of the stadium, regardless of vaccination status, uh, unless actively eating or drinking. So uh, indoor areas, um, you know, the, the press box and suites and different things like that. Outdoor areas, there are no masks required. Um, so that's something that you want to be aware of right away. You're going to the games. Where do you want to park? Well, there are parking ramps downtown, but keep in mind, I believe school is still in session for UW-Madison. It's going to be during the day. Parking is going to be hard to come by, especially in the ramps. If you can get there early enough, you can maybe park in the engineering mm-hmm. hall ramp, which is uh, the, the closest large ramp to Camp Randall Stadium. Um, there may be shuttles running from some of the uh, local establishments. There may be other uh, ways to get there. There may be parking on the street, but um, it's going to be tough to find. And you, know, you obviously want to be aware of any parking meters or anything like that. Um, there are, uh, people that, that sell parking similar to what they do for Badger games, you know, in their, their yard, their parking lot, their, uh, driveway, whatever it's, it, it can be a challenge. So you want to make sure that you have some extra time available as well as just the fact that there's going to be a lot going on. Um, again, with, the, you know, a, a business day with university of Wisconsin being in, in, uh, session, um, there's going to be a lot of people. You're going to have to, you know, navigate your way down there. Allow plenty of extra time to get downtown, to get to a parking lot, to find a parking uh, spot, and get into the games. Speaking of getting into the games, uh, first of all, ticketing is different this year. All ticketing will be digital and cashless. Admission is $11 plus fees. I don't know what the fees are. That's per day. Uh, or excuse me, for a single game. Um, Thursday, it's $30. Friday, it's $25. It's interesting that they have a single game pass allowed because they don't clear out the stands. Um, I don't know if the the daily pass allows in and out access. I, I'm not sure. So you'll want to certainly be aware of all of that. 
and uh, you know, uh, cognizant of what you can do and in which ticket you should be using. All of them do require a mobile device to redeem on site. This is a new process. It's going to be people that you know haven't been to Camp Randall before. So sometimes the line to get in can be a little bit slow because it's it's just a different process than than perhaps what people are uh, used to. So just allow extra time for that whole entry process. Uh, children under two, excuse me, two and younger do not require a ticket, by the way. You'll also want to allow extra time because there are provisions on what you can actually take in to Camp Randall Stadium. And those are set by the University of Wisconsin. Every year, there's people that bring stuff that they're not supposed to and have to leave it, take it back, whatever. Um, small bags are allowed. You're not going to be able to carry in a backpack, a big purse, um, anything like that. You'll want to check the, po- the carry-in policy that we have posted in our state FAQ article for all the details on what kind of bags are allowed. Uh, you can have a diaper bag if you have a child, um, but you know, a big backpack, camera bag, laptop bag, those things aren't going to work. Um, no, uh, no laptops in general, no video recorders, selfie sticks, no flags, banners, or signs, no inflatables, of course, no weapons, no noisemakers, which somebody's going to have a cowbell, you just know. Uh, no strollers, no umbrellas, no containers, no food or beverages. You can have a jacket or a blanket, a camera without a bag, any medical items, binoculars, uh, seat cushion, uh, clear tote, as long as it's 12 by 6 by 12 or smaller. Um, those are the kinds of things that you can have. And just know that based on what, uh, what has been uh, the case in the past, they will likely ask you to open, uh, unzip your coat, open it up. Um, I, don't, I can't remember if they have uh, metal detectors that you have to go to or go through, but... Uh, you know, it just again allow extra time to get through all of those uh, those areas, all of the the check-ins and all of the um, you know things that you have to do to get into the game. And we of course want to remind you to travel safely to the games, help save lives on Wisconsin roads, and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign: Buckle up, phone down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. So, you're at the game, you know, you got a break, or maybe you're done and, and you want to go somewhere. There's all kinds of places to eat. Of course, Mickey's Dairy Bar is right across the street, a landmark in, in uh, Madison. You can make your way down to State Street. There's Regent Street that's got a number of places that you can eat, all kinds of stuff. And, and you can find uh, all of that out um, by going to the uh, Madison. I don't know if it's Madison Visitor Bureau or, or what their um, their convention bureau, whatever it would be, um, or Yelp or Google or whatever else. There's all kinds of places to eat uh, before and after the games. But again, it will be busy, so you want to make sure that you plan accordingly. So I think we've got uh, got stuff covered pretty well for the logistics of how to see the games, how to get to the games, how to watch the games. So let's talk a little bit about the games themselves. 
And if we start uh, in Division 7, the first game of the day on Thursday, the first game of the state championships, we've got Coleman and Reedsville. Coleman's a team that has now beaten three straight previous, excuse me, previously undefeated teams. Started back in level two of the playoffs. They dominated Pacelli. Then a, a game, I, excuse me, I was at a very convincing victory at Hurley, level three. Last week, uh, a very impressive game. Uh, perhaps definitely one of the upsets of the playoffs so far. As they beat Regis 28-22 Despite trailing 14 to nothing after the first quarter, by the way, Regis was the darling of the Division 7 playoffs. They had been ranked number one in Division 6 all year, dropped down to D7 for the postseason, and most people uh, pegged the Ramblers as the favorites in Division 7. But Coleman got the job done. Peter Cook has had a huge playoff run. He had three touchdowns in the game I was at against Hurley, one of them on a pick six. Um, he's come up big in the playoffs especially, and, and that's a team that, uh, you know, isn't the biggest team, but wrestling background for a lot of those kids, outstanding leverage, their athletes are very good on the edge, and, and the way they do things is very effective. They take on the Reedsville Panthers. Only loss of the year was to Cedar Grove, Belgium. Um, last week they beat Cashton. Their their big play offense for Reedsville is, is kind of what carries them. Brennan Dvorak, uh, quarterback, state champion, hurdler, outstanding dynamic athlete, and he can really do some damage on the uh, on the ground. So um, it is, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be a fun game. Um, if Reedsville's big play offense can kind of keep things up and keep putting up some big numbers uh, against uh, against Coleman, my prediction: uh, I I picked Coleman in a close game. But looking forward to that one. Division 6, you have Colby and St. Mary Springs. St. Mary Springs, not a great start to the year. They were 1-2. and two. They lost to Lake Country Lutheran, uh, rallied to beat uh, Darlington in Week 2, and then lost to Mayville in the conference opener. And you're, you're wondering what's going on with Springs. They had a tough spring schedule as well and did not start this fall very well. But Bob Hyland got things turned around, as he often does. And they're playing their best football here into the postseason. Now, they got quite a scare last week. Fell behind Darlington 24 to nothing, but scored 35 unanswered points to beat Darlington 35-24. Before the playoffs started, I picked Colby over Springs in the state, uh, state championship game. I'm I, not super confident about that anymore, the way that Springs has been playing. Colby has been playing lights out as well. Um... I'll stick with Kobe, but I, again, I, I don't have uh, a ton of confidence in that one. Division 5 is the 4 o'clock game on Thursday, the afternoon game. Aquinas in Mayville. Aquinas is undefeated. You know, in the regular season, we saw Jackson Flotmeyer put up some big numbers through the air, and you're thinking, okay, nice season, but, you know, this is Wisconsin. Uh, this passing game's not going to work in the playoffs. Well, it has worked, but more importantly, the running game has really worked for the Blue Golds. They have uh, started to dominate on the ground. It started back in level two uh, with a big win over Stanley Boyd, and they have proven that they can play uh, in, in different ways. It's not just a, a passing attack. Um, 
they're going to have to run the football. And speaking of running the football, that's that's Mayville football right there. Last week they had 371 yards in a, a win over Belleville. Blake Schroffnagel had a huge game, had 270 yards in that one, six touchdowns on the ground. So Aquinas and Mayville in Division 5. I picked Aquinas in that one. Division 4, I think the one that, that most people would agree in apologies to the, the other teams in Division 4, that Catholic Memorial was the biggest favorite of any team in any division entering the playoffs. And they have not done anything to make people think otherwise. They've dominated in the postseason. Last week, they got pushed hard by Columbus. It was 20-13 to 13 at halftime before Catholic Memorial pulled away for a 42-19 victory. But I tell you what, this Ellsworth football team is very, very good. I got a chance to see them last week against Freedom. Um, and they dominated that one, 46-7. to seven. It was a running clock victory. Ellsworth has the longest winning streak in the state. And their two running backs, Max Grand, who was the top-ranked running back in the state in our uh, player rankings at the start of the year, and Ashton Quaddy, they are good. They are something special. Uh, in fact, two outstanding one-two punches at running back in this game. Uh, you've got those two from Ellsworth and... Obi Allen and Corey Smith from Catholic Memorial. Allen missed some time earlier this year. Smith has stepped in as just a sophomore, and he has really emerged as one of the most exciting, dynamic, explosive players in the state of Wisconsin that uh, colleges are starting to, to take interest in, and I think he has a bright, bright future and could have one of those breakout-type games at the state tournament to really get on the, uh, you know, the statewide landscape and the statewide radar. But Ellsworth, uh, coming out of that middle border conference that has for, for so many years produced uh, teams that, that just churn out state, uh, state title games, whether it was Somerset's run, St. Croix Central for a couple years, Osceola was there, what was it, two years in a row or something like that. Um, they're the latest in that, in that line, and they are really good. Can they sustain drives? That's the thing I'm most interested in because... They have uh, they have put up some big numbers in the running game. Uh, Max Grand averages nine or ten yards a carry. Quaddy is eleven or twelve yards a carry. You know I don't know that they're going to have that kind of per carry average this week against a very talented Catholic Memorial defense. So can they sustain drives? Can they convert third and two? Can they convert third and four? Uh, Jack uh, Jack Jonke, the the quarterback there, um, the very good quarterback. You know he's going to have to play well to allow them to continue to uh, to to sustain drives and put up enough points to keep up with Catholic Memorial. So that's the last game of the day on Thursday at 7 p.m. D3 is the first game of the day on Friday at 10 a.m. This was the upset division. This was, you know, the one that we looked at before the playoffs and said it's we we don't know. We have no idea. Um, there wasn't a clear-cut favorite. There wasn't even a clear-cut top five maybe even top 10. And in fact, both of these teams come in with two losses. And I don't think they were even, either team was in our coaches poll the last time that we did it after week eight. Pewaukee, uh, their defense really came to play in the playoffs. They had three straight shutouts to begin and then beat uh, Monroe last week, 28 to 14. Rice Lake started to put it together. Their rushing attack, uh, too much for Menasha last week. And then they've got that big play threat on the outside, Alex Belongia, um, two-way 
first team all state player, including also the uh, the Jim Leonard Award winner on on WSN for uh, top defensive back in the state. Also, certainly could have been a finalist at receiver for the Altoon Award. But he provides that dynamic option on the outside in the uh, in the passing game uh, when they need it, and um, as wide open and as unpredictable as D three was all year, I think I think the state title game is right there as well. I picked Rice Lake in a close one. Um, I just don't know if Pewaukee has enough offense to to keep up. Uh, their their calling card has certainly been their defense, and in the lower scoring it is, the lower the more it favors Pewaukee, I think. But I, I like Rice Lake in that one. Division two, it's a rematch of the 2012 state title game. In that one, Homestead beat Wanakee 14 nothing. But this time around, Wanakee is going to give it a shot as an undefeated team. Homestead's got a couple losses, but Division two it, it came back around to these perennial powers squaring off. In the state championship game, it's been a close one for Wanakee this playoffs. They had to go to overtime to beat River Falls in level two. They had a one-score win over uh, Menominee. They they held on for dear life in that one. Uh, in fact, there's a one-point win in that one back in level three last week. Got pushed very hard by Hartford before uh, Wanakee pulled it out, 27 to 20. But Lots of close games for Wanakee, closer than I think we would have expected for a team that's been ranked number one all year, that has some really impressive firepower, a, a lot of uh, high-level uh, kids on that one. You know, all-state kids, kids going to Division One schools. Um, it's been a, a grind for the Warriors, and it's going to be a grind against a Homestead team that loves to grind things out. Joel Ullman, uh, running back, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he has 30, maybe 40 carries in this one. Um, you know, Homestead's going to play defense. They're going to be, uh, you know, just a, a grind for Wanakee once again. Uh, but I, I like Wanakee in a close one in this one. And that is the state championship game I picked before the playoffs started, by the way. I picked Holmes, or excuse me, Wanakee over Homestead. I also had the Division I game correct, at least prior to the playoffs. I had Franklin and Sun Prairie. Both those teams are undefeated. And it's been, um, you know, talked about a grind with uh, with Wanakee. It's been a grind for these two a little bit as well. Franklin uh, had a, a tough one with, with Oak Creek in Level 2. Dominated Bayport pretty well in Level 3. But then last week, it was kind of deja vu in, uh, in a semifinal game against Appleton North, the team that they beat back in Week 1. When Miles Burkett led a fourth quarter comeback in in back in week one, completed a hail mary to uh, to give them the win. Short of the the hail mary, it was a very similar story in level four, the state semifinals for uh, Franklin, as they fell behind 19 to three in the second half against Appleton North and uh, rattled off uh, 23 straight points to win that game, 26 19. Over Appleton North, Miles Burkett had another big game. So they take on Sun Prairie, who's had some close wins uh, in the playoffs, including last week, a big, big win over McGuanago, 38-31. And I, I referenced kind of a last dance situation with Sun Prairie because that school district, that high school, will split into two high schools next year. They're still still working on how to actually split that up how to split up not just the athletic programs, but the students, the teachers, um, the faculty, uh, still trying to get 
those logistics worked out in advance of next year, but it's going to be a little while be, before one of those Sun Prairie teams kind of gets back to that level, I think, of being a, uh, a state championship contender. Now, there's a good chance that one or both of them may fall into Division Two at least for a year or two uh, early on. But anytime you split schools, it, it, it just makes things tougher. You're splitting your, your athletes and your resources and your, your coaches, um, and it, it's going to be tough. And that's a, a very talented Sun Prairie team led by uh, large school defensive player of the year, Isaac Ham, who has offers from a number of, uh, of big-time programs in the country, including the Wisconsin Badgers. You've got uh, Jerry Kaminsky, junior quarterback, who stepped in as a full-time starter this year, son of head coach Brian Kaminsky. He's put up big numbers through the passing game. Talented players all around. Addison Estrenga, a two-way player that's headed to Iowa. You've got uh, Davis Hamilton, Cortez LeGrant at running back. Um, Michael McMillan, uh, defensive back, plays a little bit uh, of receiver, I believe, as well. Evan Malcor, an all-state um, offensive lineman. So a lot of talent for Sun Prairie. They've come up short a couple times under uh, head coach Brian Kaminsky. Can they get it done against the Franklin Sabres? Uh, two teams that, again, have been close in the last decade. Franklin's been to a state title game a, a few years ago. Um, been close, but one of them is going to get that gold ball, that elusive gold ball after first Kimberly and then Muskego dominated Division One for so long. I picked Franklin over Sun Prairie before the playoffs. I'll stick with that now, Franklin over Sun Prairie in the state championship game. Some good games. Uh, again, I think for the casual fan, the unconnected fan, I think that Division I championship contest uh, is the marquee game on the, uh, on the calendar, on the schedule. But some interesting games throughout um, that all have some level of, uh, of intrigue. We asked you, the fans... To vote, and that voting is still going on, but I'll just give a rundown of where things stand in that fan voting right now. Franklin leads Sun Prairie pretty handily in D1 in the fan vote. Wanakee is pretty big over Homestead in D2. Pewaukee with a, a comfortable lead over Rice Lake in the D3 fan prediction. Catholic Memorial dominating Ellsworth almost 3-1 to one in the votes in Division 4. Aquinas, a slight edge over Mayville for the D5 in terms of the fan vote. St. Mary Springs up pretty big on Colby in D6. And Coleman is the favorite over Reedsville, again, according to the fan vote on Wisports.net. So we'll see who is correct. As mentioned, we did have some big-time award information that came out this week. The WFCA announced their All-State Awards on uh, Tuesday. Um just kind of running down some of the highlights there. The large school offensive player of the year, not surprisingly, is Miles Burkett, the quarterback from Franklin, who has led his team to the state title game. Defensive player of the year, as mentioned, for the large schools was Isaac Ham from Sun Prairie. Small school offensive player of the year was a, 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 several solid candidates for that one, but it went to Lake Country Lutheran senior quarterback Luke Hartle, Led the team to a, a state championship as a sophomore. They would have been strong contenders last year if we would have had a regular playoffs. This year, though, they did go out in level two, but he still took home that small school offensive player of the year award. Small school defensive player of the year went to St. Croix Central defensive lineman Carson Hinsman. He's been a two-time 
two-way All-State pick by the WFCA and actually a three-time selection on the offensive line. So he has five total All-State selections by the WFCA, and this year adds Defensive Player of the Year for the small schools. Um, there were several players that were selected on both offense and defense. You had Hinsman, also Billy Shrouth of St. Mary Springs, Reed Breckheimer of Hilbert, Joe Brunner of Whitefish Bay, and Alex Belongia of Rice Lake. There were a number of repeat selections, Hinsman, Shrouth, Ham, Burkett, Brunner, Baraboo, uh, linebacker Luna Larson, Sun Prairie offensive lineman Evan Malcor, Wanakee tight end Andrew Keller, Kohler co-op receiver Colin Jardakis, and Stanley Boyd kicker Michael Carlin. The eight-player player of the year was Lux Wyatt Jensen, and Robbie Smalzel of Colby was selected as the WFCA assistant coach of the year. The WFCA head coach of the year, which is presented with the Green Bay Packers, will be announced after the state championships. Some familiar names uh, from that group were selected as the winners of our Senior Football Awards. The Dave Craig Award for Top Senior Quarterback, unanimous selection by the voting panel, was Miles Burkett of Franklin. The Crazy Legs Hirsch Award for Top Linebacker, excuse me, Top Running Back was a close vote but ultimately, Duran Simon Bauer edged out Arrowhead's Elijah Mar Parr for that honor. The top receiver in the state, the Al Toon Award, was Sam Pfeiffer of Cedar Grove, Belgium. He led the state in receptions, led the state in receiving yards, and was tied for third or tied for fourth, maybe, in, the, um, in receiving touchdowns. Joe Brunner of Whitefish Bay was selected as the 2021 Joe Thomas Award winner as the top senior offensive lineman. Isaac Ham of Sun Prairie took home more honors. He was the Tim Crumry Award winner as the top defensive lineman. Will Campbell of Caucona, a narrow winner for the John Anderson Award as the top senior linebacker. Alex Belongia of Rice Lake was the Jim Leonard Award winner for top senior defensive back. And Tyler Ebel of DeForest, selected to receive the 2021 Kevin Stemke Award as the top senior punter and or kicker in the state of Wisconsin. Evil was also the large school WFCA All-State punter on, uh, on their team this year as well. There will continue to be more awards that will come out, uh, various uh, awards, including more conference awards that will be released. We've posted many of the all-conference awards on wisports.net on the various conference pages. We'll continue to collect and update those as they come available. So that's a lot to, to unpack for today, all, all high school football. But I do certainly want to remind folks that it's basketball season, officially basketball season. Boys basketball started practices this week. Girls basketball games, the first games of the year, were last night, Tuesday, there were roughly 90 games around the state, and uh, so it's here. It's it's winter sports time. We're, we're wrapping up seven high school football games to put a bow on the fall sports calendar, but we're turning our attention to basketball very, very soon here. In the next couple of weeks, we will have basketball previews with Norbert Durst on the podcast for girls basketball, Mark Miller for boys basketball, 
and uh, we'll break it all down. And you can find their their preseason information on Wisports.net right now. Their written content, preseason team rankings, uh, conference previews. You can buy Mark Miller's basketball yearbook. Uh, I would highly recommend that. You can find the the link to buy that on the boys' basketball page of WSN as well. So as we wrap up high school football this week, attention turns very quickly to winter sports and especially high school basketball for us here at WSN. A couple of thank yous that uh, certainly want to give uh, as we uh, you know wrap up our, our football and, and fall coverage. Uh, as, as many people saw, great uh, success in response to the Quick Trip Game of the Week that we did this year. Great to see the uh, you know, the, the response we got from that, uh, voting to, to see where I got to go each week. It was a lot of fun to get out to some new places, some different places, and, uh, and check out what was going on out there around the state of Wisconsin. We had our Home Field Pride contest on WSN as well, sponsored by and presented by Midwest Sport and Turf. I got a chance to go out and present uh, along with Ryan Anderson from Midwest Sport and Turf Systems. Uh, the winner of the Home Field Pride Contest, Amherst, as they took a $1,000 uh, uh, award, which actually was about $26,000 in matching donations from their community. Incredible support that they, uh, that they got there. It was awesome to see that response as the, uh, the Amherst uh, Heartland Farms Field was recognized as the top senior, or excuse me, top senior, top uh, football field in the state of Wisconsin uh, that has been installed by Midwest Sport and Turf Systems. And, of course, our playoff sponsor all year at, uh, at Wisports.net for our football coverage. We'll also sponsor our basketball playoff coverage coming up in February and March, the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. And they remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving. Every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. So big uh, thank you to our sponsors uh, of our coverage throughout the season. We're looking forward to more great coverage, more great content, more great action around the state in boys and girls basketball coming up very, very soon and already on Wisports.net. That will do it for though for us. We hope to see some of you out at the uh, the state championships at Camp Randall Stadium. If you see us wandering through the crowd, maybe down in the, uh, the coaches' uh, hospitality area for the WFCA, make sure you stop and say hi. And uh, it, it's been a fun ride. It's, it's uh I think this is season 14 or 15 of high school football for me, um, wrapping up. So it's been a, uh, another fun one. Been great to get back to a much more significant uh, sense of normalcy with the games, with the fans, with the teams, with the playoffs, with Camp Randall, with state championships, all of it. We're, we're excited that we're here. And it's always a bittersweet moment as well, as that means that high school football has come to an end for another season. Speaking of coming to an end, that will do it. For the WSN Podcast for today, I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.